Helldivers 2 made its first appearance during the Sony PlayStation Showcase in 2023, and now we have new info from a blog, we have a brand new gameplay video, and I actually have some concerns about this game, even though I do think the game looks good, it looks fun. We're looking actually at the original Helldivers a little bit in this video because I wanted to kind of get a glimpse into what exactly is this game about. Like, what is this game? What will we be doing. Helldivers 1 was a top-down, and this game did switch to third-person. I am curious exactly how much they plan to expand on the formula. Now, I want to talk about why I think this game actually looks better than the first time that we saw it, and I also want to look at that new information, but ultimately ask the question, what is this game? There was some information in the blog and in the video that actually I think is a cause for concern with respect to this game being live service. When you think about games that are going to be ongoing, there's a lot of questions that you have to ask. So I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video. That way you don't have to go looking for it. If you like this kind of content, hit subscribe, hit the bell button. That way you don't miss out on the content. Helldivers 2 looks to be one of the new PlayStation live service games, and with new gameplay footage, along with some new details about the game, I am curious exactly what the point of this game is. Uh, With the new gameplay footage and the new info, I want to comb over some of the things that we need to talk about. There is a level of persistence that is needed. There is a special level of purpose that you have to have in a live service game. And while the first Helldivers did well on Steam with a 92%, and that's after 18,000 reviews, it looks like most of the extra content was just character packs. And those character packs were cosmetics and weapons. And all of those packs did have positive rankings and positive reviews. So it would seem that the community that did play the first game gave it good marks. But the peak player count only ever hit 6,000. So you have to wonder just what did Sony see in this title or in this sequel. Now the latest video, the one that you'll see here with some dev commentary throughout, they describe the game as a tactical third-person cooperative action shooter. So first, I want to talk about why I actually think the game looks better than the first time that we saw it. We've got new screenshots, there's new gameplay footage, and typically games like this don't really strive to have strong graphical presence. That's not really the focus of the game, and I actually think the game looks quite good. Second, I want to discuss the new info from the devs that they released in the info, as well as the blog, and one of the pieces of info, actually two of the pieces of info, has me very curious and worried about the ongoing nature of this game. as well as just the content loop itself lastly i want to ask the question what's the point right what what is the deal like what are we going to be doing uh looking at the first game i have some concerns i really do about the longevity of this game if this is meant to be one of playstation's live service games it will need to sell me and others on the loop as well as future content plans After the news about The Last of Us Factions 2 and Bungie saying that they had questions about longevity, I have to ask, did this game face that same scrutiny? Or was it too long in development to receive the Bungie audit? The timeline for onboarding Bungie may not have allowed them to have oversight on Helldivers 2 to check it out and see what the status of the project was. So, excuse me, let's just start by saying I do think it looks good. I want to say that... I remember saying this about Aliens Fireteam. 
I took the position that we need to be okay with just good games, okay? What I mean is having a Friday night, blow up some aliens, blow off some steam, having those kind of games I think is needed right now. They should have their place in the market and typically they're not aiming for high levels of graphical fidelity that's just not the point of the game it's not like a cinematically driven story it's not something that's trying to be you know next gen right that's not really the point or the purpose typically multiplayer games you're going to sacrifice some of that graphical fidelity and typically everybody's okay with that I feel like Helldivers 2 does stand out a bit. I'm not saying this game is a next-gen tour de force, but it certainly looks to be a very strong game in some departments. First, I think the lighting and the shadows. Now, obviously, this can be faked with screenshots. You can do rendered or simulated gameplay. Uh, Even during the PlayStation Showcase, I remember remarking, I was like, that actually looks like a pretty good game given the game type. Typically in these games, you don't see a lot of focus on the graphics and the lighting. The second thing is, beyond the good lighting, is the world itself. The environments, the muzzle flares. I I think the environments look good, albeit a bit generic, and we may touch on that in a moment on how exactly they're building these areas, these missions, and these levels. And I think that's okay for this game type. I don't necessarily think the environments don't need to look too generic. I mean, I don't think that's really going to detract from the experience. Third, I think the characters that we play as look good. This is obviously where there's room for microtransactions, for cosmetics, a battle pass, especially with it being a third-person shooter. Being able to see your character is always a big opportunity to sell vanity items. Lastly, I think the weather effects also look good. There's rain, there's fog, dust, smoke, sandstorms, even the fire in the game looks quite good. I think the rain might be the weakest element in the bunch. It sort of just looks a little bit generic and cascading down from the side, but overall, I think it sets a good tone when the world and the biomes and the environment sort of change and have dynamics. Now, let's look at some of this new info that came out. First, there will be loadout prep from the Sony blog. Creating your loadout feels like part of the mission prep. Changing your weapon to suit not only your appetite for destruction, but also suiting the mission and the enemy types that you might encounter. Now, this is kind of giving us a clue into the content loop, okay? They're not really fleshing it out all that much, but, you know... You're going to know what you're going to encounter, apparently. You know, you're going to be going on a mission, and you're going to know what's there. So you're going to prep ahead of time. Now, we don't know if there's like an overarching, super important story, but there does seem to be a mission that you're, you know, you're going on. You're going to these planets to push back these alien races. But will there be bounties? Will there be quests, NPCs, main characters, side characters? We don't really know. It doesn't necessarily feel like it's going to focus on that, given the way that the first game played out. Now, both the new video and the blog... Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it! Goes a long way. Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Talk about stratagems. You may have seen in this video a couple of times somebody walking up to like a container and getting stuff out of it. 
It says here in the blog, your greatest aids as a Helldiver are stratagems. Powerful tools that can be summoned with short button combinations. Everything from airstrikes to hell pods containing bigger, badder weapons to defensive gear and extra supplies are always at your fingertips. So the blog expands on this, which I think gives us another clue into the content loop so you are going to be picking these stratagems before you go on the mission and that's very very vital to success the blog here says when selecting stratagems it will be essential to coordinate with your team to select the best possible loadouts for the enemies and the mission type so there are mission types there's going to be different things that you're doing maybe sometimes more offensive maybe sometimes more defensive because they went into details about how you might want to strategize beforehand and somebody's going to be taking defensive stratagems and you'll be taking offensive and kind of working together here's an example of what they mean while one hell diver is handling the heavy fire another hell diver can call down a shield generator to protect teammates as the enemies push back in a four person team you'll be able to select a mix of stratagems and weapons that will lead to a unique victory every time when they expand on what these different roles will look like, I think we get another clue into the content loop. It says that each member of your squad can play according to their own style. Some of you will charge into the fight, others will call down a sniper rifle stratagem and maintain a safe distance while picking off the enemies. You can even sneak past encounters if your team moves carefully. So there will be some semblance of linear progression through the mission. You're not just sort of standing in one spot. It's not like a horde mode. And there will be encounters that you can just sneak past if you want. That is, again, that's a kind of a glimpse into the content loop, what you might be doing. And while on a mission, apparently there's a map, there's optional objectives and rewards. More from the blog. There's not only cooperative combat, but you'll have cooperative objectives to tackle with your team as well. You'll be able to share locations with each other and move together across the map. You'll also encounter optional objectives to complete, requiring a small detour with your teammates, and of course, requiring more ammunition. But you'll be rewarded for your efforts. So, Clearly, there is a rewarding thing at the end. You're going to get stuff. You're going to move through with your team. You're going to have a map. There's there's optional things to do while you're there. And just sort of describing the pieces of it, I'm not quite sure exactly what's going to keep me coming back. I have a lot of questions about that when looking at the first game. One weird tidbit in both the video and the blog reads as follows of course once the action really picks up get used to dying not only are the enemy hordes relentless but you might run into some stray bullets from your fellow hell divers either way if your team team's first priority is to use a reinforced stratagem to call your brand new hell diver down to the planet to pick up right where you left off you can even grab the guns from your previous corpse left behind So my question is, does this mean I don't really have a character? They even say in the video that when you come back in with that new Helldiver, it's a new citizen. It's like a new person. So if I'm always playing as a new Helldiver and I'm playing as a new citizen, where is the persistence, right? What what, what tethers me to this game long term? Now I'm going to talk about these two worrying things in a a little bit. I don't want to focus on it too much right now. Now the video does say that returning players, players familiar with Helldivers 1, will find the stratagem system familiar. So apparently if you play the first game, this is going to be very similar to how they did it in the in the first game, in the second game here. So it's a strong indication that they're viewing this as a continuation. Now, that might seem obvious given the, the number two right there, Helldivers 2, but 
with the big departure from top down to third person, many might have thought this was going to be a soft reboot. The video also re-emphasized that when you select a mission, you need to pick the stratagems and the weapons accordingly. So it really seems like a mission-based game. And if we look at reviews of the first game, this is how it is described from HardcoreGamer.com. Think of Helldivers as a multiplayer game in the vein of Call of Duty or Left 4 Dead, only with a dedicated numbered stage system and the ability to play alone. I don't know if you're going to be able to play Helldivers 2 alone. I don't know if they've said that or not. Since they're describing it as a co-op game, that's probably not going to be an option. Maybe they'll throw AI in your game. I don't know. And the previous game, I think, is a window into how gameplay is going to work in Helldivers 2. More from HardcoreGamer.com. After going through the tutorial, pl- tutorial, players are able to select procedurally generated missions on 12 planets in three alien race-based realms, which each with each planet having its own difficulty and set number of missions. Each section of the galaxy features a single species, be it the armored, melee-heavy bugs, the bullet-slinging cyborgs, or the ever-obnoxious illuminate so this does sound like a continuation of that game the way they've shown it and described it in this trailer as well as the blog post now according to that review you got one primary weapon and four stratagems i don't know if that's going to be like a one-to-one or they're going to change that the author of that review also said that some of the higher difficulty missions were backbreaking and there was a high degree of failure even for well-coordinated teams however he did indicate that the longer you played and the more you got accustomed to the best builds, some of that difficulty started to slope back down. Now, on to the concerning stuff. If we look at the first game, I see some worrying things in the review from HardcoreGamer.com. Listen to this section about progression and the campaign. Because I think if this is supposed to be an ongoing live service game, I hope they learned some lessons from the first game. The review said the following. Helldiver's progression and global campaign features are acceptable at best and questionable at worst. These features both feel tacked on to increase replay value, which is certainly curious considering the core gameplay itself is the true star of the show. Keep in mind, this review was written in 2015. So eight years ago, I think it was less common for people to think of a game having ongoing progression systems where you see a little bar fill and it slowly you know, completes a level or something. It, it, it makes sense that the reviewer is basically saying all that really matters is the core gameplay. At one level, that is still true today, but not for a live service game. If you need proof that folks weren't really hooked by slow, long progression back then, listen to this part. I found this pretty interesting. A slow level-based progression bar increased at the end of each mission based on objectives completed. Players evacuated at conclusion of a mission and whether or not the team was able to avoid a high death count. So that's what would move the progression bar. The funny thing is, this progression bar never seemed to dig its hooks in too deeply, likely because the true joy of Helldivers comes from those intense moments when dozens of seemingly unbeatable enemies are suddenly thwarted. So, Helldivers may have been ahead of the curve to a certain degree. You know, creating long tail progression to keep players coming back, right? That wasn't that wasn't as common back then. It was sort of a rejected idea when live service games first started coming around. And many are still against live service games. I think in many ways it's wrong-headed to be just totally against live service games. I think they can be done in a good way. I think they can provide good ongoing content models. They don't have to be scummy. They don't have to have bad microtransactions. It can just be a very, very good 
good flow of content. But the reviewer wasn't hooked by it. They said that the gameplay mattered more. Now, he did touch on something new that the game could learn from. There's never a sense that players absolutely have to reach the next level after the first 10 or so, and going back to certain planet-specific items is largely avoidable once an optimal loadout is discovered. Now, this will certainly be a challenge for a live service game, right? What do I do? Once I've got a great loadout, once my character's kind of good to go for even the hardest of missions, what's the ongoing content model? Now, I could see a great model for Helldivers 2, you could introduce new planets and then new alien races which would require new stratagems and new missions to get those. Certainly you can create endless contextual power within that world, within that universe, right? A new alien race is going to require new offensive and defensive stratagems. So you're unlocking, you'd be chasing and equipping new stuff. It doesn't invalidate everything you've gotten up to that point. It would be more of a lateral change. The other issue the reviewer took was with the global campaign. Like, what's, what's a global campaign? Basically, what the community does affects the game. But the inherent flaw was, if the community defeated one of the alien races, they became unplayable. The reviewer said the following. Imagine a world in which the entire player base never defeats the other two alien races. Arrowhead would essentially have to reset the campaign, thus inadvertently showcasing a major design flaw. So... I'll be interested to see if they maintain that, right? A global campaign, a globally driven campaign by the community could be really cool. It would certainly make it feel like a living world, and that would fall in line with a live service draw. The other concern the reviewer has is one that I have. Repetition without a larger goal. They said the following. It's simple to be sucked into the loop during those first few days in which everything feels new. But after learning every lesson and discovering every pattern, all the joy quickly sapped away. Yes, the stage layouts and the mission placements are randomly generated, but how different is escorting survivors across a square forest from escorting survivors across a circular desert? Now, this may be why they switched to third person, okay? It's a lot less static if the environments are procedurally generated. If they're doing that again, that has more of an impact when you're in the third person view. It's harder to shake things up in a top-down game. It really is. You can completely change the layout, the landscape, the trees, whatever, but it's still a top-down game. There's not that much going on. But a third-person perspective, I think that will have more of an impact. According to my research, they are using the same engine, so harnessing procedural generation should be possible. The author thought all the concerns that they had, combined with the network issues that were going on, they thought this game was going to fall off of a cliff, the first game. And... If you look at the Steam charts, it never really rose to the height of a cliff to even fall from. So, my two big concerns that I've kind of already highlighted. First, I didn't really talk about this. The friendly fire, okay? They show it off in this trailer. You've seen the clips a couple times in this show open. And you're getting killed by your own teammates' bombardments and their own gunshots. Okay, that's funny a couple of times. But then it just gets old. So, my hope is they let us toggle it or turn it off. I mean, they showcase it in the trailer, so... It's probably considered a feature more than an option, but I've never been a big fan of that in games like this. It gets chaotic, it gets crazy, bullets are flying, bombs are going off. I don't need my dumb dumb teammate being able to kill me. That just really, again, it's funny like once or twice and then it just becomes a flat tire. My second big concern is 
I don't think we have a character in this game. When you die, another Helldiver just drops into the game, and I think that is a huge threat to this becoming a game that's something you get tethered to. Your mind has to tether to the game in some way if you're going to continue playing. Most of the successful live service games have this in common. Even the Diablo 4 seasonal format right now is a hot debate because of this topic. People think starting over or not having a main character is unnatural. Now, obviously, fans of ARPGs and Diablo think the whole debate's stupid, but I think dismissing the debate is stupid. In a game like Helldivers, it would make more sense if I have, like, multiple characters, multiple classes, and I'm leveling them up. That's certainly going to be something that many people might look for, but that's not the case. You're just always playing as a new Helldiver. Now, I'm sure that we'll have different outfits and different weapons and unlocks for the different classes or for the different missions, but that, again, that's not your character. That's not something that you're... That's not a player that you're investing in. It's more of a menu, right? You just go to the menu and select the things that you want to bring with you. That doesn't feel persistent or personal. I may be overstating this, But it feels like something that will make this game transient and easy to put down. And that's a concern if you're wanting long-tail engagement. That's not a concern if Helldivers 2 is just meant to come out and have about a month of good engagement sales and, you know, sell some outfits. This is a concern, though, if you're trying to have an ongoing live service game. From where I sit, Helldivers looks to have all the pieces and the parts of a good live service game. Solid graphics, good performance, a fun loop of combat and action. The question is, can they take all those pieces and put them together so that they soar for a long time? Or will it be as the reviewer said, and will this game fall off of a cliff? So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions. Beyond just the graphics, I thought the performance of the game actually looked very solid as well. Quick movement, quick action, the shooting, the fires. I mean, it's all performing very well at 60 FPS. That makes me want to jump in and play. But looks and gameplay can only take a game so far. And that feels odd to say, but within the realm of live service, it's true. Looks and gameplay will only take you so far. You can't just build a good-looking game with a good gameplay loop. You have to think about longevity, elasticity. You have to think about player incentivization in completely different ways. And that's the second thing I want to say. When someone makes a game like God of War or Hellblade 2, they don't have to think about getting you to come back or keep playing a month later or, or a year later. Even DLC isn't really in that realm. But live service games have to ask a lot more questions. They have to think through a lot more layers of complexity. And this is why Bungie's role at Sony is so vital and important. My conclusion is this. I hope PlayStation saw something special in Helldivers 2 to push it like this. Because it could be a game that was simply too close to market for the Bungie chopping block to land. The odds of every PlayStation live service game being successful is slim. Let's just hope Helldivers 2 can be one of the ones that makes it instead of leading the pack and immediately falling down. 
and that's the show open thank you guys so much for being here make sure you are going through the ritual good morning good afternoon and good evening smash that like button we start a little bit later on fridays and the second show today will be a reaction to the diablo season one we're going to comb through everything from the blog uh we're not going to like i don't know if we're going to watch a stream i don't think watching the stream is necessary they did talk a lot about diablo immortal so we're going to look at everything coming in diablo for season one and mike and i will be reacting to it let's get the member goal started on the day it is friday barrier wanted me to play the last of us knockoff game tonight on switch if we hit 4500 y'all are gonna have to go crazy if that happens okay i was planning on playing only up instead but if you guys want to divert and go crazy with gifteds you can uh and let's get ourselves to 200 likes there's 500 people here we should easily have 200 likes on the board and during the show open dp sage says first stream back in a while i hope you enjoyed the fourth of the fam and dang lono looking smooth without a beard thank you so much and two more months baby christopher wright at 22 months and it's a vip both of those member renewals are vips and dk Baker, so faithful this guy we should call him old faithful gifting a member to kick off the day thank you so much Thank you so much, DK Beggar. And if you order coffee, it should pop up. We're working on getting the sound back, but it should pop up if you gift a member. And we are wearing uh, we are wearing another ripped apparel shirt today. It's like a samurai Star Wars mashup. Always remember to use the link uh, in uh, in the chat. It's not in the, it's not in the description of the video just yet. I'll have to put it there. As a Helldivers fan, it's fun playing solo is one thing, but with a team, it's hours of fun. Okay, so as a Helldivers fan, do you see this working as a live service game? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm looking at it and thinking, I, it looks really cool, but I don't see this lasting for very long. I, I don't see any persistence. I see an arcade game, right? Raptor gifts a membership and it goes to Aerodimus. Thank you so, so much. I, my gut right now, you want my gut instinct on this right now, is this game was too close to market. Th- this game was too close to market, and Bungie didn't have the opportunity to step in and say, what's going to bring people back, right? Good morning, Lone on Chat. Sorry, work's been insane. What's good, we the people? Good to see you. Um, Haven't been here like a week due to work. Lono doesn't look too different. Uh, without a beard when I shave mine I look 10 years younger <laughs> Ryan K gifts a membership and Mick Dio 9 gifts 5 that takes us to 3 and then 8 thank you so much Ryan K and Mick Dio 9 we are trying to get my brother a gifted membership and we did it we did it Derek will be able to be here tonight for the members only stream if you guys want to go crazy and make me play there's a there's a knockoff uh, Last of Us game. My hair is too long already. It's going to be a disaster in a couple of weeks. Am I, I'm not getting my hair cut until like the end of the month. Good golly. Um, if you guys want, I'll play that Last of Us knockoff game tonight, but you got to hit 4,500. I do not want to play that game. <laughs> I do not want to play that game. Y'all are going to have to make me play that game. Um... You look like Warren from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't even know who that. I don't even know who that is. Disagree. I think the global campaign could make this work. Right. That was the one thing that kind of turned my opinion, Hilly. 
that was the one thing because I was like, I don't have a character. I'm just always a new hell diver. Like I, I'm not in the game really. I'm just always just launching a game. But then when it talked about how there, there's this, there's this global campaign. I'm like, people might like that. People might dig that and be like, oh, this is actually pretty sick. We can impact what happens in the game by defeating, you know, certain uh, alien races. What game? Helldivers 2. In the first Helldivers, it was a top-down game, and what the community did affected what happened in the game. Seems like the first game was essentially live service. It was, and what was interesting was reading this guy's review from eight years ago, and he did not like the long tail progression, like the the bar slowly filling at the end of missions and stuff. He didn't like it. He thought all, all that really matters is the gameplay. I found that to be very interesting, that eight years ago, people were like, yeah, yeah, we don't need all that. We just want good gameplay. It obviously succeeded enough for them to make a sequel. Well, that's the interesting part, Eugene. PlayStation is publishing this game. So, Sony must have seen something in this game. They either saw, hey, cool, third-person action shooter, and it's live service. That's what we're looking for right now, right? We're looking for live service, right? We're looking for live service, and they and they, and they they decided to publish this game. Again, I as I said in my show open... I think the game looks great graphically. I think the I think the gameplay looks fun, but there's all those questions about longevity and persistence. What exactly are we doing in the game? Now, a global campaign is cool, but is it cool if I don't really have a character? I'm it's not like an MMO where I have a character and I'm impacting the world and the server. I'm just always a new hell diver. Is that going to make it feel transient and less personal to people? I'm not saying that it will go that way. I'm just saying I've got concerns when I look at this game and I read that review. I was mainly reading that review to get a flow of like, okay, what was the content loop of Hell Divers 1? They're seemingly keeping that same content loop. You you grab your stratagems, your weapon, you go on a mission with some buds and you get stuff at the end. I think that aspect is interesting, says Hilly. If the gameplay feels good, people might uh, like that and push that forward, but not be huge live service. But Sony did say not every live service game will look the same. That is true. They did say they were going to push live service into you know genres in different in different areas. I feel like in a rogue, uh, you generally aren't attaching to the character as much. You're attaching to the gameplay loop and any sort of overall progression, and that seems to work. Yes and no, Zubair. When I look at the successful rogues that are out there, Dead Cells has an undercurrent story, and you're kind of always the same character. Same with Hades. Same with Returnal. You're always that same character. There is persistence, because that character goes back and now has new things, new abilities, new unlocks. No, it's a brand new Helldiver, Orc Lord. They made that very clear. You come into the game as a completely new Helldiver. You're not the same person. They li- they say it in the blog and in the trailer. It's it's. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
It's not a fancy way of saying respawning. You literally have to bring a stratagem to then have somebody come back into the game after they die. And they say you can pick up your guns off of the corpse. Like, you're like, yeah, give me my stuff back. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't, I, that to me, that to me is, is not, I'm not saying it's a flaw. Oh, Sony published the first game too. Okay. They must see something then. They must see something to say, yep, we want another one. We want, we want another one. Let's do another one. Let's make it one of our live service games. You know, I, again, I'm not saying that it's a mistake. I'm saying I've covered a lot of live service games. I make a lot of predictions about how people will respond to live service games. And I'm looking at Helldivers 2 and saying, Ooh, I don't know that you're going to get a month or two in and people are going to just kind of walk away. They're going to be like, yeah, it was just a fun party game. I didn't have a character. I don't, I don't have any personal attachment to that game. Rogue Legacy is different characters. Sure, sure. Well, okay. The danger of comparing it to a rogue, though, is that a rogue, I don't know, are you playing, are large groups of people playing rogues for years, you know, months, large groups, right? I'm not super ignorant about the first game. No, I'm not. I went and read a review about how the gameplay flows. If you're going to come in and try and undercut what I'm talking about and my observations about live service by saying I'm super ignorant about the first game, just leave. I'm tired of people doing that. You're not allowed to do that. I'll just ban you. Undercutting a monologue and a discussion by trying to act like I don't want to know what I'm talking about. When I went and did all the research, looked at the game, when it came out, I looked at its review scores, I looked at its player base numbers on Steam charts, I read a review that summarized the content loop. No, take a walk. I'm tired of that. You don't you don't get to do that. You're disallowed that as a right here. You're not allowed to do that. It's just it's a way of undercutting what I'm saying. It's passive and annoying. DK Beggar with a gifted member, thanks so much, man, taking us to nine on the day. Bonus point holds because the most popular ones have story and characters. That's what I'm saying. Like, the most popular rogues, like, there's a story, there's a character, there's something that's persisting. And all I'm saying is, in the realm of live service games, the the global campaign sounds super dope. If they do that again, that's gonna, I, I would say that keeps people in the game. Like, hey, we're making changes to the world, right? I'm getting unlocks. I'm getting new stratagems. I'm leveling up. As I level up, I get access to harder missions, right? That's what he talked about in the review. He talked about how as you move up, there's these really, really hard missions. And he thought that that was one of the sort of the, the hallmarks of the game, right? Helldivers 1 had progression. I never said there wasn't progression. So you're responding to something that I didn't say. In an effort to say that I'm ignorant about the first game, you're ignorant about my literal show-opening monologue. So, listen, like, like I mean it. Try to keep up. If you're going to claim I don't know what I'm talking about, at least go listen to the show open. I literally talked about that in the show open. Like, I, I know there's progression. That was in the review that I read from. Uh, what did Barriers say? I can't see it. I hate having to click on these images. I usually just scroll up and look. Okay, I think playing through as a new Helldiver every time you die goes along with the main theme of the movie. It's a parody on war. People are just throwaway bodies, that kind of thing. Sure, sure. Thank you, Raptor, for gifting a member and taking us to 10 members on the day. I, that, that, again, I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. I'm simply saying... 
is that going to make somebody feel tethered to the game? Are you going to feel like you have a character in the game? Like, think about how people are reacting to Diablo 4 seasonal format, okay? I said that new players, I said that players unfamiliar with Diablo are going to say, this is, I, I don't understand this. This doesn't make any sense. Somebody's going to come to this game and potentially say, I don't have a character. I don't understand. Where Where's my character? Where is my person? Now, you have, as far as I understand it, you have weapons that you unlock. There were skins and ways you could make your character look different in the first game. So that would certainly be cool. Like every time you go on a mission, before you go on a mission, there's a hell diver standing there and you're making them look awesome and you're making them look dope. And you see that you got higher level this and higher level that and your buddy's picking different stratagems than you. If as long as that works in the mind of the player, there's no concern. Define success for hell divers live service. Maintain a player base for at least a year. If a live service game doesn't maintain player base for at least a year, it's a failure. It's a failure. I'm not talking about millions and millions of players. I'm talking about maintaining, maintaining, I'll say healthy. Healthy needs to be defined. You need enough players playing so that when someone goes to play, there's people to play with. Matchmaking works. They have people in their region. If you don't have a healthy player base throughout the first year of a live service game that's a failure that's not a live service game you launched a game like everybody else and no one's playing it a month or two later it might as well have been a single player game or it might as well have been a one-off action game yo joker quinn gifts a membership and it goes to pb and jet lagged taking us to 11 out of the 25 every 25 i give five you guys usually hit that within the first hour of the show and you're already well on your way what size of a base I don't get into numbers. I don't do that. People are like, how many copies of this game do you think are going to sell? And I'm like, I, I don't know. A, bo- a box full? I, I, don't, I don't get into the number predictions. You, you have to have enough people so the game works. So the global campaign is progressing. We're assuming there's another global campaign. There was never a named Helldiver in the first game because that would be ridiculous in a game where you die a lot. So obviously the sequel also doesn't do that. I'm not saying it needs to. I'm simply saying that's a potential barrier for people continuing to play. The game did not maintain a player base on Steam. It didn't. It peaked at 6,000, and I think yesterday when I checked, there was like 300 people playing. Now, that's eight years later, so obviously you'd have to go back and really try to measure, like, how long did they maintain, right, a player base, okay? I don't get into the numbers because every game is different. Every game is going to hook people in a different way. If you don't have enough players for the game to function as it's designed with respect to matchmaking, if there is a global campaign, right, multiplayer in general, if you don't have enough players for that to function, it's a failure. That's a failed live service game. I, I don't need to put out a number. You have to have a certain quantity for those things to function and to work. There's a critical mass of players. We can't define it, but we know it when we see it. Right, there's just a number that hits and is maintained that allows the game to do what the game is supposed to do. Right? Could you guys give me some likes on this video, man? Over 500 people here. Uh, the, the news cycle kind of dried up on us because of this stupid weight. Everybody's in a holding pattern for the FTC thing. 
So everybody went quiet. So we are uh, we're kind of tapering off this week because nobody wants to announce anything. Our second show will be Diablo for season one though so let's smash the likes though we can still have a big day even even when we're just picking picking up stories that are uh, a little less front burner right this one was a little bit less front burner i was like oh we got some new hell diver stuff this would usually be probably an upload but i was like eh, we can talk about this i think this would be fun to talk about i've i've got concerns i'm a live service guy i talk about you know longevity elasticity player incentivization these are all of like the things and categories that have to be checked and examined for games like this to go. Thank you, Rissick. Rissick gifting five members to the community. Thank you so much for doing that, Rissick. It goes to Hercules, M. Gene, Calvin Brown, Crislo, and Zeus. Just checked. Helldivers 1 uh, is on sale on Steam for less than $10. Might have to check it out. It sounds like a great game. The first one. I mean, if you like the top-down. Yo, Rissick! He comes in all the way off the top rope and says, you bet you we're going to hit that 25 in the first hour. We're going to hit 26. We're going to blow past it, and our next goal is now 50. Thank you so much, Rissick. You Listen, if the big boys want to show up today and go crazy, you guys can make me play that Last of Us game tonight on Switch. I'm not going to play it. There's a, there's a total ripoff of the Last of Us on the Nintendo Switch. I will play that tonight if we hit 4,500, but... If not, we're going to be playing only up tonight. If you're a brand new member every Friday night, my wife and I hang out with you guys for a little bit. We do a little chit-chat. It's like a talk show first, and then at the end of the night, we, we play a game. And Barrier was like, you should totally play this game if you're going, you know, if we hit a big goal. Um, Yeah, I included that in the show open, Eugene. I included the fact that it had a 92% on Steam with uh, 18,000 reviews. That was in the the opening monologue. I went and looked at that and said, players seem to like it. I even went and looked at the review scores of the packs that you can buy, and they were either positive or very positive. The community seemed to respond well. The people that played, the people that paid, seemed to respond well. 18,000 people, you know, reviewed it and it and it walked away with a 92%. That's pretty good, you know. Nobody gives subs only up. That would be so fun to watch. <laughs> I should give you two goals, right? Like both of those games are going to be painful, right? I should I shouldn't so freely I shouldn't so freely subject myself uh to uh to bad games. <laughs> um I do need uh, let me let me schedule the stream. I'm going to be doing a season one discussion reaction with uh, Thirty and Still Gaming. We're going to be doing that. That's the second show today. Uh, let's see here. And I think I gave myself the thumbnail. Yes, I did. Okay. Oops. Not that one. That one. Uh, we didn't we didn't watch that stream last night. Usually, I I feel like they're not the greatest, and it looked like it didn't it it once again didn't go that well. It was you know stuff about Diablo Immortal for a good portion, and then I don't know. It didn't seem like people were too too thrilled with the stream itself. I think people are excited about the season, but we'll be talking about that in a moment. So don't don't start talking about Diablo just yet. Hold your hold your uh, your thoughts uh, on that one. Hold them. Yo, Biggie Smalls comes in. I didn't know he hung out here. Thank you so much, Biggie. Gifting a member, and it goes to the one, two, two, two. 
It's mostly opening. Whoops. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I always appreciate when you guys you guys try and give me the goods and give me the info, but like I I, I properly uh, vetted this one and investigated this one. I went and looked into it, so it wasn't uh, this wasn't a flyby for me, you know. Let me go ahead over here and let's slap that up to a 27. 27 members on the day. Thank you, Biggie Smalls. Um, stream was awful. All talking over each other. St- uh, staff jokes that aren't funny uh, and just chaos. That's why I didn't co-stream it. I think their streams are awful. I don't like them. It feels like such a waste of time. You think with the third person, you think this is the third person is to not compete with D2 you think this was the third person is n- to not compete with D2 I have n- no idea what you're saying butters I have no absolutely no idea what what you mean are you talking about are you talking about hell divers 2 are you talking about that what do you mean by D2 Abe says five gifted if Lono can recite any biggie lyrics. I don't know. You gotta swear. Spit your game and talk your. Grab your gat. I don't know. I'm not gonna sit here and swear on stream, uh, Abe. Come on. Ray comes in with a gifted DSB. Butter says you were mid reading uh, it. There is no there. Yeah, Helldivers 2. You think this was third person as to not compete. Oh, with Helldivers 2. Biggie with two months. Lono, I had to change my name from New New York New New York Norikin uh, to this. She kept butchering my name. <laughs> As I do it again. All good though. I love the channel. New Yorkin. Oh my gosh. Five gifted from Mike on the mic. Coming in. Oh, you're saying Destiny 2 to not compete? Thank you so much for 532. I had to change my name. You kept butchering it. And then I literally sit there and freaking butcher your name. Oh my gosh. Um, That'll do. I respect that. Thank you. Uh, Abe doesn't know them either. It's okay. I didn't really listen to that music back then. I had friends that did. So it's like I've got a couple of lyrical lines rattling around in my in my brain. Much as I liked Helldivers, whenever I wanted to play it with my brother, we, uh, New York, New Yorican, New Yorican. Oh, there's, there's no, there, you, you don't use any, uh, uh, capitalization. I ain't, I can't tell what the frick that's supposed to be. He said, grab your gat. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it makes a difference or not, but apparently Helldivers was a console exclusive to the PS3, the 4, and the Vita at release, and then it came to PC a few months later, and it didn't support crossplay. I wonder if there was a pretty strong player base on console. Doesn't Destiny 2 have a third-person mode? No, no, it does not. It has things that you do that go third-person for a moment, like abilities and stuff, but it doesn't have a third-person mode. I mean... I don't think that Helldivers 2 is concerned about Destiny. I think that games like this, like party games, alien shooty-shoot games, I just think for some reason third person makes more sense. 
right? It's a Puerto Rican living in New York. Got it. New Yorican. Got it. All you had to do is educate me on that one time and I'd have been able to get it. You know? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I love that I did it in your re-up. I love that. That's that is uh that's as the young kids say, that's that's freaking meta. Um good golly. As I said, I think PlayStation must have seen something. They must have seen something about it that that told them, "Let's do what?" Uh Why am I being requested to sign this? This has got to be spam. Who is this from? Hmm. Adobe? Two spot from True Witty. Bet you're on Helldivers 2 day one because of co-op. Listen, I'm be real with y'all. Helldivers 2 is everything that I like about a game. It's 60 FPS. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, I like third person. I like shooters. I like fun games where you just shoot aliens, right? I said that about Aliens Fireteam. I said, I think we need to be okay with just a good game. You know? Just just, just a good game where you boot up on a Friday night, you're blowing off some steam with some of the boys, right? And you're you're uh you're you're just you're just I don't know. You're you're not playing some super serious game. You're not playing Call of Duty. You're not you're not playing a battle royale. Like I think there's room for games like this. But I just the biggest problem is how do you get that to go beyond the first month? How? Right? Like Aliens Fireteam is an example. How many people are still playing that game? Who's on my fire team? Right. Like I when I look at Helldivers 2, I'm thinking to myself, I I don't know, man. I, it, PlayStation must see something. Maybe they see something in the content plan, maybe they see something in the fact that the engine can do procedural generation. You know, I don't know. If live service history holds, it'll be a mess for 6 months to a year. No sweats in this game. Right, it's just a co-op game. It's not meant to be, yes, yeah, what? Just fun and laughs. That's exactly right. You just shut your brain off and enjoy. And that's such a good way of phrasing it next, Doc, because is that something you're going to play long-term? Is that something you're going to come back to? Similar to what Gold said yesterday when we reacted... Well, I didn't react to it, but I, I read some of his comments. He said, like, the goal of Diablo 4 should not be to keep people indefinitely, but to get people to come back. If Helldivers can deliver a really, really good content loop and it's fun, and they do something seasonally where you come back and they've got all new planets, all new species and races and stratagems because, well, these new aliens, you got to use this and you got to protect against this. So you've got defensive stratagems, you've got offensive. So now you're doing lateral upgrades. It's contextual power. You can do that for forever. You can always invent new things and new enemies and new, you know, new species that then require, you know, new weapons, new stratagems. So that way you're persisting in the game world. You're moving forward. You're getting new stuff. You know, if Asmongold is right 
and that the goal of games like this should not be keeping people you know indefinitely but getting people to come back hell divers could have that nailed down they could they could say listen this this type of game we don't need to have an mmo feel or a persistent player feel or a persistent character feel it just needs to be a freaking blast and if you play it for about a month and you put it down and you really liked it you'll probably come back when we do you know additive content or a season or something or if it's just low budget easy developed game that will make some sales turn a quick profit and maintain a loyal enough base to keep generating some revenue Right, if the as I said, that's why I mentioned the procedural generation, Eugene. If the engine can procedurally generate planets, content, species, etc., then Sony may say, hey, that's a great model. That's a very low-cost game that'll give us a live service presence out there. It'll give our catalog some variety. They're keeping it in the same engine. You're just down on the grounds now instead of top-down. YouTube Lurker with 14 months and a VIP. I got back into the first game about a year ago. It was abnormal how helpful and long-suffering the community was. In a game with friendly fire, it was strange how good the experience was for a level 2. What do you guys think about the friendly fire? I feel like that's always funny for a little bit, and then it's not funny anymore. Then it's just annoying. You know? It's, it's too easy for people to to ruin it it's too easy for people to you know to just troll and shoot or I don't know it's funny when your buddy does it to you a couple times but you know beyond that I don't know what a game for Helldiver it was so fun to play and these days I make some run and it's quite fun looking how much uh, how much hours I have Sombra how many hours have you put into Helldivers it's a triple-A game. It's going to be 70. This clown is so desperate to spread PlayStation hate that he created his own website for gaming news so he could share links to what looks like a legit source at a glance. Super copium. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I'm telling you, my batting average for blocking just clowns on Twitter, my batting average is perfect. All those people that attacked me, man, they're just showing who they are and what they are. Just lying smear merchants, man. There, just block them. I wouldn't even screenshot them. Yo, an ancient jumps back in as a member. Thank you so much for doing that. Friendly Fire is dope. It makes it mayhem. You keep saying live service game. Do we know it's a live service game? The first game wasn't. So this might be a $70 purchase. And since it's a number two, that means they make a third for the money. I mean, am I being too presumptive? Am I being too presumptive? Like, is is it, uh, is it not a live service game? I was... I was fairly confident this was referred to somewhere as a live service game by Sony. I'm Maybe I'm misremembering. I thought I thought for sure this one was mentioned as a live service game. I don't know, maybe I'm being too presumptive. Four player co-op game ongoing content model seems like the what the, like the plan. Friendly Fire was integral to the chaotic experience, says YouTube Lurker. The ability to hurt another's play can be balanced with how much it matters to help them. 
They aren't owned by Sony. They're not owned by Sony, but the game is being published by Sony. The first one wasn't. Well, they did additive content, but it was like, it was guns and cosmetics. It had expansions. Right. They didn't do like a live service model with seasons, but you also have to remember that was eight years ago. That wasn't really a popular format back then. Eugene says, I would argue the first one was live service. Wait, did I add Ray's? Didn't Ray gift a member? Did I add it? Am I am I dreaming? Oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, Ray did one, and then Mike on the mic did five. Yeah, 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 yeah. I added both of those. I thought it was the live service section of the presentation. See, I don't think during the showcase they ever stipulated if they were showing a live service game or a non-live service game. I don't think that was ever a part of the Sony PlayStation Showcase. Friendly Fire makes the missions intense. Trolls will happen, but it's very easy to kick them from your game. Friendly Fire adds to the realism and the theme of the game. I love Friendly Fire and Remnant. Okay, I'm in the minority then. I don't like Friendly Fire. (laughs) I don't have good experiences with Friendly Fire because I remember there were games where... uh, Which game was it? There was one of the Call of Duties where you could kill two or three people and then it would kick you out of the game. And if a guy figured out he was the host, he couldn't be kicked. And so he would just keep killing everyone. And I think it would just put him in like a timeout. It would just kind of time him out. It would be like his respawn timer would get longer and longer and longer. But I haven't had the greatest experiences with Friendly Fire. To this day... I still think the best friendly fire system ever was Ricochet. Because if I shot you, it hurt me. So it was like, you couldn't troll anybody. You, well, you couldn't mess with anybody. And if you misjudged and made a mistake, you did a, B, you, know, you did a bombing run or something. I did a napalm run once. I remember, I remember it so distinctly. I was in a game before class and I was rocking and rolling and this was in the this was in the the format where if you killed two or three people you got kicked from the game and I was rolling I was kill streaking it up and I dropped napalm on the enemy and I got them all and then my team started running into the napalm I think on purpose I think it was just that jealousy of like oh this guy's getting all the kills and killing all the enemies they literally it was like it landed I was fine. I was watching the enemy and I was watching the kill feed. And then I watched my teammates run into it, run into the fire, and they all slowly died. And then I got kicked from the server. (laughs) I was salty. I was salty. I was like, that's why I never play by myself. I, I like I was I scolded myself. I said, you you know you know better than to play with randoms because randoms are typically douchebags, right? Like they does winning doesn't matter. What matters is, is oh you're doing better than me, so I'm gonna get you kicked from the game. <laughs> I'm gonna need a second eyewitness to this event. No, I never played by myself, and that was why. They weren't jealous. They were just dumb. I assume they were jealous because they all did it. The enemy had all spawned. I put it right on the enemy spawn, and my team just charged in and willingly died. And I was like, come on. That's on purpose. True Witty with the $2 says, Sony owns the IP, but they don't own Arrowhead. Really? 
Thanks, but I'm not a scumbag. The only other time I got kicked because of, you know, killing teammates was I had a SAM turret, and the SAM turret went to shoot at a UAV, and it nicked the corner of the building. There was, like, this building, and it had this hangout over it, right? It was like a ledge, and the SAM turret shot that ledge, and it killed everybody next to the building, and I got kicked. I was like, what? (laughs) My friend's like, yeah, your SAM turret got us, because we were in an Xbox party chat. So... I tell those stories to say I don't really like friendly fire okay I don't have a good history with friendly fire so when I heard there was friendly fire in this game I was like oh man I don't I don't I don't want to deal with all of that I don't want to deal with people shooting me and blowing me up you know is there any latent is there any kind of punishment for for shooting your teammates in in hell divers that sounds like those are you problems. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't put my SAM turret next to a building, I guess. It's too stupid. It's going to shoot the building. I had never, the funny thing was, never in, in all of the hours, all the thousands of hours I'd ever played Call of Duty, I could never repeat that. I never saw a SAM turret kill players before and after. Never saw it happen. It was a, it was a one-time event. <laughs> uh you chose to play hardcore. My t- my teammates liked it. I didn't like it. They liked it because of the TTK. There's no punishment in Helldivers. Just annoyed teammates. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, just annoyed teammates. That's it. You know, you come on, man. Yeah. Randoms are intellectually challenged as butters. No one would target like that. They're just stupid. <laughs> Siege community targets for kicking with TKs. By walking in front of you on purpose. Oh, I could totally see that. I could totally see it. That's so cool. Did you clip it? My best clip that I have somewhere saved, I don't know where it is, there was a Call of Duty where you could slam the ground. You could, you could like, jump and slam the ground, and as soon as the round starts, I I don't know why I did it. It was just, a, it was just one of those things where I was like, I wonder if you can hurt your teammates when you slam the ground. <laughs> As soon as the round starts, we're all standing there. It's like three, two, one. We all go to run. I jump, slam the ground. Every, everybody died. Everybody, whole team. <laughs> it was a team wipe. It was a team wipe. I was like, oh, yeah, how about that? It works. It works. Yeah, you can kill your teammates with the ground pound. That was a quick round. Nobody even got mad. Everybody just laughed. They're like, what the frick? They're like, that's possible? I was like, yeah. Yep, that's a team wipe, folks. Advanced Warfare. Was it Advanced Warfare or Black Ops 3? I can't remember. I can't. I can't remember. Alright, I'm, I'm curious what you guys think of the graphics. Let's, let's talk about, so let's sort of run the, run the round robin here of everything I talked about in the show open. I felt like this looked better than the first time we saw it. I felt like the, the graphics, the lighting... The, the muzzle flare, the, 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 even the weather effects. I don't think this looks like a crazy next-gen tour de force, but I do think it looks quite good for the game type. Like, I don't expect games like this to have, like, a, I don't expect it to be a high level of graphical fidelity. I don't, th- I don't expect them to focus on that. But I actually think this game looks surprisingly good, you know, it doesn't look... It, I don't think it looks next-gen, but it also doesn't look old either. It looks... I actually think it looks kind of sharp 
for uh, and I think the lighting especially in some of these opening sequences I'm like oh you know and right there was some lightning I forgot to mention lightning in the show open when I mentioned all of the weather the lightning wasn't too bad let's see if we can't get a freeze frame if the lighting source is in this okay it's just a generic lighting source it wasn't like the lightning came down and specifically lit an area it's more of like a global flash still cool Visually, Helldivers 2 looks really good, especially the running scene at the beginning with the flock of birds. Graphically, they've done more than I ever thought. Yeah, like, I also like this little sequence here. To me, I think, again, and this is an important thing for games like this, I think the 60 FPS is important, and it just run. it looks like it runs really, really smooth, you know? It looks like raw gameplay. It doesn't look like they're faking us out with, like, rendered gameplay this looks like genuine gameplay you've got you know you've got heads up display you've got UI you've got button press you got button prompts coming up like this looks like real actual genuine gameplay graphics the UI and the art design look good I love the way the drop pods work um, moving from isometric to third person I can accept the graphics no problems as YouTube lurker Hey, there's Invasion Friendly Fire and Elden Ring. Huh. Kind of looks like Outriders. I de- Yo, what's good, Broken Lobo? I definitely sensed there was a, it, there was some similarities to Outriders a little bit. You know? Not, not, obviously, it's a very different game. But I, 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 I got that impression as well. Right? You look like a movie critic. <laughs> I give it two thumbs. Way up. It's, it was amazing. Hmm. This looks good. They haven't even given the game the final polish yet. I think from the showcase to now, it even looked better. I remember remarking during the PlayStation showcase, I remember saying, that game actually looks pretty good. Usually games like that, where you're just kind of dropping in and shooting aliens with your buddies, they're usually not that strong graphically. I was like, that game actually looks pretty good. I actually think the latest, I think the latest footage actually looks better than what we've, uh, than what we've seen prior to now. Now that you say it, I see the visual similarities. Yeah, there's definitely some similarities to Outriders. Now, I will say, if you listen to this with the sound on, the uh, the gun the gun sounds actually sound good. <laughs> Unlike Outriders, where everything sounds like you're banging on a trash can. Yeah, I saw Derek Strickland's tweet predicting approximately 2 to 4 million uh, increase in Game Pass subscribers for Starfield I I don't think so I, I, that that is that is extremely high as a prediction I would say a million roughly you have 25 million approximately on console they believe that that is, that is pretty much plateaued Butters is saying PC uh, I don't know man I just don't know their presence on PC it struggles it struggles I that's a game people buy yeah I think you're just PC users are just gonna buy it on Steam this is a Bethesda game we're talking about I don't I don't see it I don't see it I prefer my guns to sound like they were recorded inside of a soda can says Abe Landing your drop pod on enemies is an achievement. Oh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> like in the first game, right? Couldn't you have your your drop ship land on 
you could have it land on yourself, couldn't you? In the one clip I saw, like a dropship comes to pick people up and they all die because they're all underneath of it. Is that like a thing that can happen in the first game? Two to four mil. That just seems so high. I'm thinking about a million. You'll see about a million up. You just have to consider there's so many people who already have it. Like it's just there's, they've already got a lot of saturation. I that's that's a that's a huge jump. That's a huge jump. I don't know about that. Hopefully no microtransactions. I'm willing to bet this game will have microtransactions. I'm willing to bet that this game is going to have microtransactions. I'm willing to bet that this game is is live service, right? That's what I'm willing to bet. Is this report? I don't understand this. It's got to be fake. It's got to be a scam. AdobeSign.com? That can't be real. No. AdobeSign.com? Fake email. Tell me if it's legit or do we have a phishing scam? Yeah, it's got to be a phishing scam. That is not a fake email nor phishing. It's an email which the Adobe Sign transactions are sent. I don't... Is that real? AdobeSign.com? It doesn't seem real. Seems like a total scam. Especially if it has a PDF. Yeah, it's want me to sign something. Oh, no, getting fished. Yeah, it's something about music copyright. They're probably sending it to YouTubers thinking YouTubers will panic and click on it. I mean, I use copyright-free music, so I don't know what it would even be in reference to. Just sign it. <laughs> it's that one sponsor trying to finally pay you. Ray with a $2 super chat tip says it's a scam. I got one yesterday. Okay. I'm just going to delete it so I don't accidentally click on it. I assumed it was a scam. You don't get PDF documents to sign just out of the blue. You typically know it's coming, right? Somebody says, we're going to be sending you a document to sign. You don't just randomly get one. Again, they're probably targeting YouTubers especially because a YouTuber will see that copyright infringement and think, oh gosh, what did I do, right? Adobe uses Echo Sign. Okay. Helldivers 2 has an XCOM-like base builder and good game modes. It'll be good. This is my biggest question for Helldivers 2 gameplay. My biggest question is, like, what's the ongoing content model? If this isn't live service, then none of my questions make any sense, but I get the impression this is a live service game. So what's your ongoing content model? Is it seasonal? Is it expansions? This game does not strike me as a one-off game. It just doesn't. I, I, it does not seem at all like a one-off, like a one-off game. You, 
it, it's it seems built like a game they're going to add on to add planets weapons stratagems you know new enemy races they also haven't made any mention about two things that were in the first game that i'm curious if they're going to be in the second game number one the global campaign the global campaign was if the community if the community gets rid of this alien race or defeats them, then you can't interact with that alien race. You, then you got to go to the other ones, right? So is the global campaign going to come back? Is that going to be a part of the game? And the second thing is, will you be using procedural generation? That's how they did the missions and the levels in the first game. It was all procedurally generated. You would pick between the 12 planets and you would pick a mission and it would procedurally generate it. So they stayed in the same engine. You're just not top down anymore. So I would, I would, to me, I would hazard a guess that they're going to do that again, because I feel like procedurally generated environments are going to have a lot more of an impact when you're third person. Like when you're top down, it just doesn't seem as it doesn't seem as uh, impactful, right? I still can't see that. Because there's only so much you can do with a top-down environment. It's like, well, you put some new trees or some new routes or whatever. Todd Howard recently spoke about the game's length and that the main story takes 30 to 40 hours to complete. This could change prior to release. This one's ending up a little longer than our previous games, and we still may tune that. So they're acknowledging that that might be a bit too long. 30 to 40 for the main campaign, that is pretty long. I was thinking that they would want the main a main run through of the game to be to be quite you know to be quite good now uh lulian uh or Lu, uh, lurian on twitter responded to my tweet about this game and said the first game was supported with waves of plentiful content for years Arrowhead are pretty proven, honestly, so I'm not worried at all, especially now that they have Sony money, though it's no longer an isometric game, so we'll see if the bigger scope has any impact, but honestly, I have faith. So it sounds as though, and and we saw this, I feel like we saw this meted out on the, um, on the actual Steam, the Steam storefront, right? 18,000 reviews and a 92%, and apparently... It came to PC after console, so they had to wait. Divers 2 could be an interesting for PS Plus, depending on the monetization model. Well, th- this could be one of the few times we see a game... I don't know. If it would do day and date on PS Plus, I just don't think I don't. I just don't think PlayStation likes doing that. Even for a live service game, I don't think they're going to want to do that. You know, I because I, day and date, like only the, the the problem with day and date on PS Plus is again, you just have to wonder: Are people going to want to spend money in a game they don't own? You know, I feel like it's a healthier relationship that, you know, you buy the game, you feel like you got something excellent, you're playing it, you're enjoying it, and then you're you're like, oh, I'm going to buy some, you know, cosmetics, I'm going to buy some vanity items. If it's PS Plus day and date, it could be, it could be a, a counteractive effect. 
where you're like, well, I'm just going to try the game out since it's on PS Plus. You're not really invested. You don't really play it for very long. Like, I always feel like I'm going to give a game more of a shot if I bought it than if I'm just testing it out. You know, like that could be something just purely psychological, unique, unique to me. Maybe this isn't shared amongst, you know, the gaming world at large. But in my mind, it's like, yeah, I'm just trying this out. And if I get about an hour, you know, 30 to 45 minutes in and I'm not having a good time, I'll just kind of put the game down. Like, yeah, well, you know, I gave it a shot. If I buy the game, I'm going to press on. A good example would be Synapse for the PSVR 2. The tutorial, I was like, this feels terrible. But I bought the game, so let's try and make this work, right? I went and fiddled with some settings. Rivs says, I'm pumped for Helldivers 2 and then renews the membership for nine months. I'm late. Have you played the first one? I have not. If not, I highly recommend it. A lot of fun. Great top-down shooter. I have not played it, but everybody in chat was saying that it was really good and it was supported uh, It was supported in a really good way by the devs as well. It has a good review score on uh, on Steam as well. It does. The downside to PS Plus is that nothing is guaranteed to stay, not even first party. Spider-Man just recently left. Right, Lance. And it, and see, that's the issue I have with putting a live service game like if like if Helldivers 2 is live service, we're presuming that it is. <clears throat> you throw it on PS Plus, a lot of people are going to feel like, well, I don't even know if it's going to stay here. You know, what are the leaves? So then you're you might be apprehensive about investing in the micro store in the vanity and stuff for your character. You might say, yeah, I'm not going to do that. What if it leaves in a couple of months? Then I, you know, I bought stuff in that game and I don't have it anymore. I'd say I agree. That's why I don't use Game Pass because I don't technically own any of the titles and it feels weird to me, especially to apply such effort and it not have to be mine. Metacritic has it at an 83. Oh, the first Helldivers? That's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, Metacritic certainly isn't the be-all, end-all, but that's that's still a pretty good score. Is that from the user base or the review outlets? Helldivers Metacritic. Uh, we got PlayStation 4, we got PC, we got PlayStation 3. It's got... 81 on PS4 from the reviewers, and then an 8 from the audience. 83 on PC from the reviewers, and then a 7.1 from the users. So it did better on Steam than Metacritic from the users. That's always kind of weird. PlayStation 3, it didn't do very well. 7.3. Only 23 people reviewed it. So. Hmm. 83 is a double of Redfall. (laughs) Stop. Spider-Man left because they released the remaster as a standalone and an upgrade option. That's the exact type of situation where a game like that should leave a service, says Eugene. Can you read some of the reviews? See what uh, the majority uh, had with the game? No, I'm not going to. I don't want to read through any of that. It's it's ancient history at this at this point. I read through a guy's review for my show open and he had both good and bad things to say. I thought it was a pretty fair, you know, it wasn't it wasn't over it wasn't like overstated or hyperbolic. The interesting thing was I found in the guy's review is that the things that bothered him was the stuff that felt early. It almost felt like they were early to some certain trends. He talked about like the progression bar slowly filling. It like didn't really hook him. He thought the gameplay was more important. 
I mean, nowadays, a, a, a bar like that slowly filling and you slowly leveling up, like that long tail progression, that's kind of an assumed thing in most games now. Yo, Ink Sanity gifts a membership and bumps a line to 33. You guys are just kind of bumping the member goal every once in a while today. Thank you for doing that, Ink Sanity. It goes to SDO. It's just because you had one person's perspective, that's all. Well, I mean, with all due respect, you've continued to make this point this morning. The The point of the show open was not to talk about Helldivers 1 and give a comprehensive view of what people thought of the game. I was talking about Helldivers 2 and said, here are some things that were said about the first game that could come over to the second game. The procedural generation, the way that you do missions, the way they do the planets, the global campaign. That guy's opinion on the progression or his opinion on the connectivity issues, that wasn't the crux of today's coverage. Like, I... I feel like sometimes people get way too into, oh, well, you said some bad things about a game I like. Go read some of the other reviews to get a more comprehensive view of the game. The, the purpose of today was not to talk about Helldivers 1. We tangentially talked about it to make predictions about what might, you know, make it into the second game. But, like, I don't really give a very strong amount of care about the first game and what people thought about it. One reviewer, if you're friendless, don't give a low score but embrace the friendly community that play this game and play with them if you have friends there uh, there is no better co-op game that I can think of I was just wondering what the consensus was no big deal and no I liked the game but it wasn't my top 20 well I mean I feel like I gave the consensus when I said that it had 18,000 reviews on Steam and had a 92% I mean that's, that's a consensus, right? That's a pretty good score. I would say that that, you know, that's an encouraging thing to see. That is a consensus. Like, that's a, hey, I'm, most people liked it. I even went to the individual uh, DLC packs and said, look at the review scores. They were either positive or mostly positive, you know? Everyone's having a great day. What's good, Adam Lee? Remember to like the stream. Hope it comes out good. Yeah, today we're the the news cycle slowed down. Um, so this was this this Helldivers thing. I was just gonna do like a quick, you know, ten to fifteen minute upload, but instead I decided to make it more about a what is this game? Is it gonna be live service? Is it gonna be successful? So ordinarily, I this this would not have been a live stream. But there's there's literally nothing happening in the gaming world. Uh, we, we speculated that everyone is in a holding pattern because they anticipated the FTC hearing thing. They, I think people thought the judge was going to say something yesterday or today. So basically the news cycle went dead quiet on us. And I was like, well, uh, we got a new trailer and we've, we got a blog. I guess we could talk about that. And then, um, the new season information for Diablo, I think, is interesting. That's what 30 and Still Gaming and I are going to talk about in the next stream. But I didn't want to do two live streams in a row about Diablo by myself. I thought I would share that stream with him because he's 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 playing. He's having a good old time. Our, our debate about Diablo 4 being boring uh, did quite well. So make sure you guys are smashing the like button. This is one of our lightest streams we've had in a long, long time. Totally understandable. It's like one not so well-known game i didn't expect today to be a banger uh but we can hit the like button this video can do very very well later as a past broadcast the more this game picks up steam and the more people take interest in it they'll be looking for details about 
what exactly is uh, is Helldivers 2. I think it's friendly fire a lot of people aren't used to. So it was hit or miss. I do wonder, uh, Ancient, if that's going to be a potential barrier for people to enjoy the game. Like if you feel like you're going to go play and you want to embrace the matchmaking and play with other people and you get shot a couple times by some dum-dum who's being reckless or somebody who likes being a troll, that could be a pretty quick turnoff to people, you know? That could be that could be a pretty fast um, exit in, in some people's minds to say, I'm the, dude, I'm not doing this. I don't want to play a game where some dummy can kill me, you know? Let's see here. Okay, he's ready. Alright. Okay. I am going to kick off and get and get uh and get Mike's perspective on the thing that we debated in Diablo 4 uh which was the Asmongold and um the Asmongold and the Comeback Kids um Whoops, got two musics playing. The Asmund Gold and the Comeback Kids talking about the casuals. Hang on, I gotta turn on uh, streamer mode. And then start the video call. Okay. Do, 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 do. What's up? Can you hear me, Mike? Yeah. Oh, okay. YouTube chat hates me today, I guess. E- yeah, YouTube's been acting up all week. I thankfully it hasn't been like a banger of a news week. Um <laughs> thankfully it hasn't been a banger of a news week because I I can tell it's affecting numbers. Like we just we can't we haven't had very strong we've not had very strong streams the last 3 days and people are constantly having to refresh and getting errors in chat, and I—I—that's definitely related. It could also be people are going on vacation. Yeah, it's the week of the fourth. We kept hitting a nice—we kept hitting a nice trajectory on the streams, and then it, we would just—and then we would just stop. And so everything would come to a dead stop, and like chat would come to a dead stop, and like, and then people were having this. People were like, "I can't talk in your chat." We had the same issue in uh, in a member stream. People couldn't—people couldn't talk in chat. Last night during my my podcast, I had uh, Viking was going, hey, uh, such and such is asking you a question. And I didn't see them. I'm like, did I ban them? And I looked. I couldn't find that I banned them in any way, shape or form. And I didn't see them. I could not see certain people in chat. Yeah, it's been it's been a very, very uh, interesting week on YouTube. Stuff's been not working all that well. Hey, DK Baker. Guys, I'll give the members that I owe you in the next stream. We, uh, we're kind of, we're on the road here. Well, Patrick's going to help too. We're on the road to 50. You guys always like do this when I'm setting up with Mike. You start, you start maliciously giving (laughs) 15 away from the 50 guys. Thanks so much. Every 25, I give five. So make sure if you guys want to hit that in the next uh, in the next stream, I will honor that. I'm going to give you guys a link in just a second. I got to get everything set. What happened to your face? <laughs> I shaved my beard. <laughs> they it's hit so that. weird. I know. It's so weird looking. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine what my face looks like without a beard. I can't. Yeah. My, my kids don't like it. They're like, 
No. They're like, grow it back. <laughs> that's the reason. That's the reason I don't shave. My my son, he's like, he's like, no, I like I like you with the beard. Don't, because he saw pictures of me without a beard. Uh -huh. He's like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't like that. <laughs> well, because it doesn't, you know, it don't, you don't look, you don't look right. It's like that's not, how, yeah. that's not what you look like. Abe, you had to keep refreshing. Yeah, we can see what you're saying now, Abe. I can tell when people are having to refresh. Like we just lose chunks of viewers. Like it just, like viewership's just been plummeting today and it happened yesterday and it always happens around the same time it's between it's between 11 and noon it's like all of a sudden the the site just starts acting crazy i don't know if they're trying to i don't know if they're trying to push stuff out or what i don't know what it is people going to lunch i gotta eat <laughs> well they've updated the chat with that new layout and it looks so nice they've done it three times now and then they roll it back every time i'm like what? what's what's the new layout you're talking about the the drop down thing or are you talking about like the actual visual instead of having to click the three dots you can literally just click on the bar you can just click on their text and all of the options pop up it's like it's a different way of displaying chat it's so much better and they've done it multiple times now and every time they roll it back the the streaming is a streaming is crappy for like a for like mm -hmm. a week I, I'm not sure what they're doing, um, but it's 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 disruptive. Like it messes with streams and it messes with people having to refresh. I had that new tab in mind where it was like the fan funding thing, but then they took it away from me. It's like weird. I don't, See, I don't know that, what they're doing. That doesn't even make any sense. I've not lost that one yet. So if they're taking that away and giving it and taking it away, they're definitely fiddling around with stuff. <clears throat> it's like doing site-wide changes with YouTube. It's just so slow and it's it's sadly it it it's so disruptive to what I do. It's very frustrating. I've also had a problem where I click on a video to watch it, like the video itself, and it won't start. I have to go down and click the title of the video and then it'll go in. Like I can just keep clicking and it doesn't load the video. But if I go to the title and then all of a sudden then it starts. It's the weirdest thing. That is weird. I've not had that happen. Okay. Uh, reacting and discussing... Diablo for season one thirty. <clears throat> Left control gaming, you're having the same problem. Like when you click on a video, it doesn't it doesn't load. Like it, you have to click on the the title. So weird. All right, we're going to do the redirect thing that we do every week, guys. Make sure, especially with the website acting this way, make smash like on this video. Get us to 300. Goodness gracious. Um, we haven't even hit 300 yet. Golly, what's going on? And then do the same thing when we go over to the new stream. We're going to need y'all to help because when the website's not acting right, YouTube doesn't know what to do with the video. It thinks that the video is performing poorly when it's the platform. So try to help us out here. We're going to have to carry... Uh, it keeps freezing and skipping back an hour or so. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Do your best, because uh, YouTube punishes you. It, it they punish us when this happens because 
the the way that it weights how well your video is performing it doesn't take into account that the platform's acting funny it'll just be like yeah you're losing viewers so your video must suck so make sure and go over to the new video and smash like like crazy we're also going to do a redirect if redirect doesn't work it'll be the featured video on the channel okay hang on i gotta get this pulled up so i can read through it um that that's not a that's not a transformer in a box that's that's a that's a poster with a frame Mm-hmm. That's what frames look like when you when you take a picture and you put it in a frame. That's what a frame looks like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks so much for checking out another week where I sit down with Thirty and So Gaming, and we're going to be doing a Diablo Four Season One reaction and discussion. There was a Diablo Four developer update live stream where they walked through. Diablo 4 Season of the Malignant, which starts on July the 20th. And we're going to be reacting and talking about all the things that are going into it. I am also going to get 30 to weigh in on what he thinks about the discussion that we had with respect to Gold, sort of reacting to the Comeback Kids. Is the game, you know, headed to Doomsday? And what about the big seasonal character reset debate? I'm going to end the previous stream and I'm going to redirect everybody over here and get everybody to come with us. Make sure 